Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising cost of inflation to pay off your debt or your mortgage, pretty much anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Well, with Yahoo Finance, you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need in order to help you reach that financial freedom. And when it comes to your financial future, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, you've invested all that you can. And now you need to take those investments to the next level by using what every financial great uses. Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. The Peter Schiff Show. Well, it's not going to be a new record as far as consecutive declines for the U.S. stock market. The nine-day losing streak ended today in a huge, I guess, pre-relief Clinton victory rally. The markets had been factoring in a higher probability of a Donald Trump victory ever since the FBI announced that they were reopening the email investigation, thanks to a treasure trove of 650,000 emails on Anthony Weiner's, a.k.a. Carlos Danger's, laptop computer. And apparently they've now gone through all 650,000 emails in, well, under a week. And yesterday, on a Sunday afternoon, Comey made the announcement that the FBI had completed their investigation of these additional emails and that nothing had changed from their original recommendation, which was, if you forget, that despite recklessness and carelessness on the part of Hillary Clinton to have set up this private server and to have used it to send out classified emails, that they found no evidence of a deliberate wrongdoing that uh, Secretary Clinton just made an honest mistake because she had no idea that it was a bad idea to send classified emails on your private server. She just screwed up. And I remember at the time I said, if that was true, then she's too incompetent to be president. If she's really that naive, if she really thinks that, you know, she doesn't really have to handle classified data with any kind of care that you could just send it over any, uh, you know, email account, then, uh, you know, I said she's not competent enough to be president. Uh, So either, you know, she's not competent enough to be president or she's dishonest and she lied. And of course, there is plenty of evidence that Hillary Clinton lied with respect to whether or not she did, in fact, send classified emails because she claimed that she did not. And then the FBI found them. But also she engaged in a cover up obstruction of justice because as soon as she knew that she was under investigation, she destroyed evidence that she was ordered to preserve. Now, the only thing the FBI said is that the emails themselves did not raise to the level of a crime or that they didn't think they had enough evidence of criminality. But I still think that on a separate issue of a cover up of obstruction of justice, 
of deliberately going against a congressional court order, all the other things that Hillary Clinton did to cover up what she thought may have been a crime in and of itself is an even bigger crime. But the FBI is not even weighing in on that. They simply said that, yes, there may be classified emails that are on this computer, but it's the same as before. It's careless, it's reckless, but, you know, we have no evidence that she actually knew that her conduct was criminal, and so therefore we're not going to or recommend the prosecution based on this new data. So they've now reclosed the investigation that they just reopened. Now, of course, I remember from day one, as soon as they did this, I kept thinking, well, what if they clear her before the election? That's going to give her some kind of a boost because now all of a sudden it's going to be, oh, Hillary vindicated, and people will start to think about that especially if it's 11th hour type announcement and all of a sudden she can get a boost uh, just before the election. And especially, too, since as soon as Comey opened up the investigation, all of a sudden he was praised by a lot of Republicans who had criticized him in the past. And so now is it, are they going to be able to flip the switch and start criticizing him again? Just like, you know, some of the Democrats initially had nothing but good things to say about Comey. And then all of a sudden he reopens the investigation and he's in the doghouse. I mean, of course, so obviously it all depends on whether you like what he's doing, whether you think he's an honest guy doing his job or just a political hack. But I thought that if he came out with some kind of a vindication, which really doesn't vindicate anything, it basically preserves the status quo that, according to the FBI, she's careless and reckless, but not the criminal in, in these emails, that it would help. And I even thought maybe this was all part of a grand conspiracy, that they were deliberately reopening the investigation so that they could close it last minute and, and give her this boost. But I don't know, because certainly over the last week or so or 10 days, however long it's been, uh, this story has dominated the airwaves. It's kept a lot of the stories that might have otherwise come up about Trump and about the various women accusing him of stuff. That has kind of been on the back burner. And so Trump has probably had a pretty good two weeks. So I don't know that this is something that they did deliberately. Uh, and, of course, there's a lot of people that voted early. So there are a lot of people that voted uh, early and, and don't know that Clinton was vindicated, right? They voted before it happened. But what certainly might have happened is there might have been a lot of pressure brought to bear on Comey by the Obama administration, by the Clinton machine, to come out with this favorable uh, conclusion just before the election, you know, they just kind of got his got his uh, mind right, uh, cool hand Luke style. And so he came out and, and said everything is OK. But as soon as this was announced on Sunday, when the markets opened, I mean, gold tanked. I mean, gold was down immediately like 15 bucks. And in fact, it was down twenty three dollars by the time they closed the session here in the U.S. And the stock futures had a big rally. I mean, all the world's markets rallied because everybody wants Hillary Clinton, right? Because she's the status quo. She's the devil they know. And in fact, the Dow rallied, I think, 370 points. We closed right on the highs of the day or right near the highs. The Nasdaq up 119. 
the dollar rallied across the board. Well, I guess some of the commodity currencies, the Aussie and Canadian dollars were up a bit, but the yen had a big down day, the euro dollar index now back above the 97 mark. And this was just one big celebration now because Hillary Clinton's not going to get indicted uh, before she's sworn in too. I guess there were people that were thinking that, well, hey, even if we elect her, maybe she'll get indicted either before she's sworn in while she's still president-elect or maybe shortly thereafter she does take the oath of office and then there could be an impeachment and all that. But now I guess the odds of that have been reduced, although I still think even if she's ultimately not charged with anything on these emails, there is a bigger investigation going on with respect to the Clinton Foundation and the misuse and the misappropriation of charitable donations to private use. I mean, it's clear to me that the Clintons have used their foundation to enrich themselves in ways that certainly is unethical and immoral and at a minimum is tax evasion, but you know, maybe it's higher criminal activity of embezzling these funds. I mean, these are funds that people gave supposedly uh, for charitable purposes. Although I think in many cases, the charity was a ruse in that a lot of the major donors who were putting money into the charity knew that the money was simply going to line the Clinton's pockets, but they were routing it through the charity to basically money launder the bribes, which is in fact what they were. The Clintons were selling influence and laundering the money through their charities. And of course, they were pulling all the money out tax-free, which to me is very ironic and shows the hypocrisy of the Clintons. And there's nothing really that I hate more than, than hypocrisy. And because, you know, Hillary Clinton has made a big deal about Donald Trump and the fact that uh, he hasn't paid taxes because he's utilizing legitimate deductions, lost carry forwards from his real estate days, and he's been legitimately utilizing his deductions to minimize his tax. And what he's doing is not evading the payment of income taxes. He is avoiding the payment of income taxes using all the legal means available to him. And that is not a crime. There is nothing wrong. In fact, I think it was Judge Learned Hand from the Supreme Court who said that no American has a patriotic duty to pay any more taxes than the law provides. And so you are not obligated to pay as much tax as possible. You have the right to try to arrange your affairs so as to minimize your tax and pay the littlest amount that you can legally pay. So what Donald Trump was doing is no different than what every other taxpayer does. Certainly every taxpayer who hires a tax attorney, the purpose is to minimize your taxes. I mean, everybody that sets these, look, look, whenever somebody makes a contribution to an IRA, they're minimizing their taxes. I mean, are we going to, if anybody has an IRA, are we going to say, oh, you're a bad guy? Why you? Why did you set up an IRA? Look, the government made IRAs possible, right? And part of the appeal is the tax deductibility. So people minimize their taxes by making contributions to their IRAs, right? So that's what Donald Trump was doing. But what Hillary Clinton is doing and her entire family, right down to her daughter. You know, there was a news story that came out also on Sunday. In fact, there were quite a few WikiLeaks that came out on Sunday that were obscured by all the talk about the vindication from the FBI, you know, closing the email investigation. But one of the WikiLeaks shows a correspondences 
with respect to uh, Chelsea Clinton and the fact that, you know, her $3 million wedding, right, and that's an expensive wedding, $3 million. The wedding was paid for it. I don't know what whether it was the entire $3 million or just part of the wedding, but that the money to pay for that wedding came from the Clinton Foundation. And apparently, according to this email, it was not just that, that there were a lot of things that Chelsea had been doing over the years that were being subsidized by the Clinton Foundation. Basically, her lifestyle was being subsidized. So even the daughter is is stealing from this charity, which I also thought was ironic as I was watching on, on CNBC this morning and they were interviewing David Tepper, who recently moved from New Jersey to Florida and New Jersey has a very high state income tax, and Florida has no state income tax. And he claims that his move had nothing to do with taxes, which, again, I don't like people who lie about things. Just be honest. What's wrong? Yes, I didn't want to pay these huge taxes. See, he's claiming he moved for the weather. He's claiming he moved to be closer for his family. Yeah, right. I mean, come on. He could still fly down there in his private jet as often as he wanted. In fact, he could have moved down there, left his tax domicile in New Jersey, and still spent the winters winters in Florida, and he still could have enjoyed the weather. He just would have paid the higher New Jersey tax. The fact that he went out of his way to redomicile himself for tax purposes, Florida, it wasn't for the weather, and it wasn't to be closer to his mother and his sister. It was to be further away from the New Jersey income tax. Just admit it. You're doing the same thing as Donald Trump, but he wants to get on this you know, holier-than-thou high horse and pretend that taxes had nothing to do with it. Well, you know what? Why don't you move to California? They got nice weather out there, too, right? You didn't, you didn't consider that. You went to Florida that has no state income tax, and obviously you got so much money, you, know, you can move your mother and your sister anywhere you want, right? They don't have to all live down there in, in Florida. So the guy's just lying when he says that you know, it, he didn't move to escape the taxes. But then he talked about how he doesn't think Trump is a generous guy, that Trump isn't giving enough to charity, in his opinion, that he doesn't think Donald Trump donated to the relief effort after Hurricane Sandy in New Jersey, or that he didn't give enough after 9-11. Now, I have no idea. I don't know how much money Donald Trump donated to charities and which charities he donated to. But let's assume he didn't donate to charity. I, I doubt, I'm sure he did, but let, let's say he didn't donate. And, and Tepper's saying, well, I can't vote for Trump because he didn't donate to charity, so I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton. Well, not only didn't Hillary Clinton donate, remember, the Clintons, they took a tax write-off for their underwear. Remember those guys? But not only did they not donate, they steal from charities. They steal from the Clinton Foundation. I mean, what's worse, not donating to charity or stealing the donations that other people have made for charities and spending them on yourself? Yeah, how many hungry people could they have fed in Haiti with all the money they spent catering that $3 million wedding, right? So that's what bothers me, people stealing from charity versus maybe Trump didn't give enough to charity. But a lot of these emails that came out about the Clintons uh, doing this, it didn't get a lot of media attention because, coincidentally, uh, you had this. Just like the original bad news came out on Hillary of the transcripts of her speeches to Wall Street, and all of a sudden, oh, that's when we got the news from Donald Trump uh, and the uh, the hot mic auto recording with Billy Bush, and that was all 
over the news. And so Hillary Clinton didn't have to deal really with uh, the, the, the revelations regarding her and her Wall Street speeches and her, you know, I have a public position and I have a private position. All of got that got obscured by the coverage of Trump. And then she lucked out, if you want to call it luck, uh, that, you know, the Sunday announcement came out and it knocked all the negative uh, information of, from her right out of the headlines. But the irony that I wanted to talk about or hypocrisy is that Hillary is committing actual tax evasion. Hillary, her husband, her daughter are taking millions and millions of dollars and certainly millions of dollars of benefits because they're using the Clinton Foundation money to pay for their private jets and to pay for their vacations and their hotel rooms and their food and their entourage and their entertainment. They're living this grand, lavish lifestyle based on money they're really embezzling from the Clinton Foundation, and none of it is taxable income to the Clintons. At a minimum, they should all be on salaries, and all of this money that is basically has nothing to do with the charity and is just for their personal use and enjoyment and benefit, all of that should be salary payments to the Clintons, and they should be paying income tax on it. But they're not. They're not reporting any of this as legitimate income. And of course, the source of it all is bribes. It's influence peddling. It's companies giving money, laundering it through a foundation to influence Hillary Clinton and the decision she's making as secretary of state. And she's using her power as secretary of state to deliver benefits to people who bribe her through her foundation from which she can withdraw that money tax-free, evading personal income taxes, and using it to subsidize her lifestyle. So there, that's still out there. So who knows? She could still be elected president and still end up getting indicted and charged criminally for crimes related to that foundation, even if nothing actually happens uh, as a result of having sent classified emails through her personal server because that was done out of ignorance it wasn't a crime. It was just because she was that dumb. And if she really is that dumb, she shouldn't be president. I don't think she's that dumb. I think she's pretty smart. I think she's was smart enough to know what she was doing when it was wrong. And I think the real reason that she set up the private server was because she was going to be doing emails having to do with all the bribe money that is being laundered through the Clinton Foundation. And she wanted to do that out from under the public eye. She didn't want that those emails known. Those were probably some of the emails that she destroyed. Those whatever 30,000 destroyed emails probably implicate her in all that pay-for-play, uh, quid pro quo, bribery type stuff. It's probably not the top secret stuff that got destroyed. It's, it's the stuff that's really implicating her in other crimes. But in her effort to cover up her other crimes, right? She compromised the country's national security because she ended up transmitting classified information over her private server. That wasn't her intention. Her intention was to hide from the government and from the public through the Freedom of Information Act all the other illegal activity that was going on. And in order to cover up her own crimes, she was willing to put the national security in jeopardy. In other words, that's treason. You know, she's probably guilty of treason, which, you know, treason is one of the only crimes in the Constitution, legitimate federal crimes, along with counterfeiting and piracy. I mean, that's it. Those are the only real federal crimes that are legitimate in there. I mean, I know the federal government has now usurped 
all sorts of things. And there's lots of federal crimes now. But the only legitimate ones that are actually mentioned in the Constitution are treason, piracy, you know, on the high seas and counterfeiting. And so, in effect, she's actually guilty. I believe this is treasonous activity. And I don't know, treason, treason carries a death penalty. So uh, not that I'm saying she should be put to death, but she should at least be put behind bars. But the last thing she she plays she shouldn't be put is in is in the White House. In any event, the markets clearly were happy. Right? There is a huge rally, a relief rally, a, a victory rally, because now everybody assumes, OK, this is it. She's going to pull it off after all. Well, you know what? We'll see. I, I, I still would say that the odds are that Hillary will win, although I do believe that her odds are not nearly as strong as the odds makers believe. I think that Clinton uh, doesn't have it in the bag. Despite the polls, I still think there is a path for Donald Trump uh, to to pull this out Brexit style and actually uh, win this thing. Also, over the weekend, Donald Trump released a final two-minute campaign video really summing up his message, a very, very positive message in that, yes, he laid out the facts that America is a corrupt society, that our leaders are corrupt, and that we have a nation in decline, that we've lost our jobs, that the middle class has suffered a declining standard of living. All that is very dark in that it's true, but then there is a hopeful message that all this can change. If we simply vote for Donald Trump now, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But at least I think people listening to that commercial, a lot of undecided voters may be swayed by that message of hope and change because it worked very well for President Obama. Yet nothing changed, but people still have hope and but they don't have any hope that Clinton is going to do anything. So maybe they have some hope that Donald Trump, because he done an excellent job in that video of pointing out the problems. It remains to be seen whether he has the solutions, but he knows there's a problem. And the first step in solving a problem is acknowledging that it exists. You have other Pollyannas like Hillary Clinton that think everything is great that think big government and all these taxes and all these regulations and central banking and central planning, that everything is great, that America is on track, that we've been recovering these last seven years, eight years, instead of getting sicker and sicker. And I think that this commercial, which recognizes the plight and the despair that a lot of voters are feeling right now, I think that that is going to be a very, very pivotal commercial in getting some of these on-the-fence voters to pull the lever for Trump. Meanwhile, Donald Trump continues to talk uh, to huge crowds that he's having at his rallies. Meanwhile, the only way Hillary Clinton can draw a crowd is by having a famous pop star, whether it's Beyonce and Jay-Z or Katy Perry. And now what she's got Bruce Springsteen uh, at her rallies and uh, Bon Jovi. I mean, come on, who's not going to come out to see these people sing, right? So Hillary Clinton stands there, you know, next to Bon Jovi and Bruce Springsteen as if the people crowding into these theaters are there to see Hillary Clinton. No, Hillary Clinton's, they, you know, they just have to get through Hillary Clinton because what they really came to see is the show. They want to see a pop star. They want to hear the music. Hillary's just a distraction. She's in the way. Donald Trump doesn't need any of this. 
People are there to actually hear and see Donald Trump. He doesn't need a pop star uh, to help draw a crowd. But what does that tell you about the relative enthusiasm between the Hillary voter who's actually coming to see Bruce Springsteen or Beyonce versus the Donald Trump voter who's coming to see Donald Trump? Because unless uh, Beyonce is going to be in the voting booth, right, why is somebody to go vote for Hillary Clinton? I mean, because, you know, there's no pop star there to greet him. But the people who are enthusiastic about Trump, they are more likely to actually show up than the people who just want a free concert. And in order to get it, you know, they have to stomach uh, an introduction from Hillary Clinton. So we'll see. And if Trump does win, this victory rally is going to unravel very quickly because the powers that be are very, very nervous about what a Trump presidency might mean for the very, very cozy relationship that the markets have with the government and the Federal Reserve. And that's why these markets are rising. It's not that they're rising because they think that Hillary Clinton is going to be good for business. I mean, clearly she's not. She's horrible for business. The only thing she's good for is cheap money, right, and, and stimulus and bubbles because she's part of the status quo. She started this establishment that believes in this, uh, you know, this trickle-down uh, monetary policy. And, and so everything's going to continue. So that's why you're seeing these rallies, a relief rally, because they think, you know, the monetary spigots are going to stay open and it's still going to be about bailouts and, uh, and protecting the status quo. And if Trump wins, uh, that, that falls into, into jeopardy. But I do think even if Clinton wins and pulls this thing out, I think it's going to be a buy the rumor, sell the fact. I think the market will sell off on a Clinton victory. It might rally initially, uh, open higher, knee jerk. In fact, the rally might even last the entire day. But I do think shortly after uh, the announcement, I think the markets will now start to look at, hey, what does a Clinton presidency actually mean? And it's nothing good for the economy. Meanwhile, people still believe the Fed is going to be raising interest rates in December. And I think once the election is over, the one thing that the markets have to look forward to is a rate hike. And that's not the type of Christmas present that anybody on Wall Street wants. So I think the downtrend can resume. On the other hand, if Trump uh, wins and the markets sell off, Depending on how much they sell off, it might be a buying opportunity. But for me, I think that I still want to continue uh, buying in the foreign markets, uh, getting my money out of the dollar. I think regardless of whether it's Trump or Clinton, the U.S. dollar is going down. I think it's going much lower. I think gold is going much higher. Obviously, on a Trump victory, I think gold can go up 100 bucks uh, that day. You know, if Trump wins. Uh, but either way, I think gold is is a buy, especially if gold sells off on a Clinton victory. If we do get another sell off on gold, I think that is a great buying opportunity. Meanwhile, I will be recording, obviously, again on Wednesday and I will be giving you my take on the results of the election. Of course, I might be sending out some tweets. I sent out a few interesting tweets uh, on Sunday. A lot of people retweeted them. So check my uh, my Twitter channel, maybe my Facebook page for some posts. I am going to be on RT America tomorrow night between 7.30 and 8 o'clock. They, they booked me on the show. The host is going to be Larry King. Uh, so, you know, he's a familiar name from the past. I'm not really sure what Larry's been up to, but apparently he's hosting this election coverage on RT America. And so, you know, CNBC or Fox or CNN, none of the bigger U.S. networks wanted to have Peter Schiff part of the election coverage. 
Uh, but RT uh, wanted to have me on, so I, I, I am on. So you can check their, their internet channel out from 7.30 to 8 o'clock tomorrow night. I know the polls maybe will just be starting to close in some of the east eastern markets, so it'll probably be before we know the results. But I'm going to be talking about the economy. Uh, so until then, don't forget to vote. You know, and you know where I stand. If you're in a swing state, vote Trump. If you're in a state where Hillary is going to win for sure, like, you know, California, you know, then, you know, then you can vote for Gary Johnson. And I don't think Gary Johnson is going to win. But the key on voting for Gary Johnson is that if the libertarians get 5% of the vote, and they may not even pull it off. I mean, that's, you know, that's so unfortunate that they can't do it. But if they get 5% of the vote, then whoever has a libertarian nomination four years from now, uh, who may be a lot more libertarian than Gary Johnson, but whoever has that nomination will have a much better chance because they're actually going to have some federal funds to go up against the Democrat and Republican machines. Today's financial advisors behave like pro wrestling TV commentators. They scream that the recovery is strong, debt is manageable, inflation is low, and that the Federal Reserve has everything under control. They may be oblivious, but the danger is real. Looking beyond the media hype can open a world of broader investing ideas. Euro-Pacific Capital is a registered investment advisor that offers stock-focused wealth management services that closely follow the strategy of our founder and CEO, Peter Schiff. We concentrate on those countries that are more closely in tune with Peter's vision of how capitalism is supposed to work. And these investments are not hard to find, provided you know where to look. Isn't it time you change the channel and let Euro-Pacific put a little reality back into your portfolio? If you live in the United States and have $25,000 or more to invest, call 800-727-7922. That's 800-727-7922. Non-U.S. residents access similar strategies through Euro-Pacific Bank at europacbank.com. Euro-Pacific Capital and Euro-Pacific Bank are affiliated companies. Hello, this is Peter Schiff. I bet you didn't know that without silver, you wouldn't be hearing this podcast right now or be able to use a computer at all. From laptops to smartphones to TVs to speakers, virtually all modern electronics use silver to conduct electricity. Did you know that the average solar panel uses two-thirds of an ounce of silver to function? And the solar industry is expanding dramatically, not just in America, but in booming developing nations like China and India. Silver is naturally antibacterial and is used extensively in modern medicine. Silver coatings are being added to breathing tubes, bandages, catheters, and other medical instruments to reduce the spread of infections. When antibiotics fail, silver still works. I believe the 21st century will be the century of silver. As fiat currencies continue to collapse and new uses are found for silver every day, the white metal's strong industrial demand and low per ounce price will make it increasingly attractive to savers around the world. At today's prices, people of any age and background can afford to buy some silver. Learn why silver is a smart and reliable investment in my free special report, The Powerful Case for Silver. Visit shiftsilver.com and download it now. The Powerful Case for Silver includes information about silver's amazing chemical properties. It also explains why I believe silver may outperform gold in the coming years. Download The Powerful Case for Silver and educate yourself, your friends, and your family about the white metal. Just visit shiftsilver.com to download my free report. That's shiftsilver.com.